You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. yourselves everyone it's a tyler vance episode not that he's here but the movie he uh picked for the hat is definitely a tyler vance movie i would say yeah it was it was something it yep. was <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh it was an interesting selection you know what's really I, I brought this up to you taylor last week but we didn't talk about it on air What's very interesting is, so this week we, so at the end of last week's episode, we pulled Sliding Doors and Enemy, which uh, as I just like Enemy, as people probably Mm -hmm. guessed, that's Tyler Vance's pick. It's one of the movies that he selected. The soundtrack alone, the soundtrack alone, you know. The first six seconds, the first six seconds, Taylor, the minute it started, (laughs) you could tell, even if like I knew in any way that it was him, but it didn't matter. I was like, oh yes, of course. Like this is, this is Tyler Vance. (laughs) um, The second movie, Sliding Doors, came from Kathy who submitted um, the the first in the first week? Her selection was Lone Star, and Tyler Vance's selection was Your Name. So not only did both of them get a second film pulled, it pulled together again, which is very strange. Yeah, it. Un, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but I feel like that was like, what are the odds that, that well, <laughs> given yeah, how many movies there were? There's uh, over 150 movies in the hat. I don't know how many, but over 150 was is how we kind of started. And at least like double digits amount of people submitted movies, like somewhere around 13 or 14, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. But I would say the odds are tough. Like I think that would be that would be weird. But it happened. It happened. And so it's a yeah. We'll get into it on the show, Mike, but even weirder, these movies do connect. Yeah, and same with the first week. The first week was the same thing. It was like a weird, it's weird how the movies connect with each other. Yeah. And again, it's like it's like Kathy and Tyler are on the same wavelength. And somehow the next two of their movies we pulled out connected as well. So it was very the, strange. The universe was smiling kindly upon them during on them. On, on only them, but not us who have yeah, to now talk much. about it for an hour yeah. um <laughs> but uh but yeah we've got uh, we've got a at least you know a fan question that will get things started and you've got a, a nice little uh surprise update for us later in the show yeah it will need its own new theme song we will yes we're gonna have to come up with a theme song for it we're gonna have to come up with a segment because it sounds like this is going to be a reoccurring thing so we'll get to that later um it's gonna be that we'll, new what we'll was what was the name of that actor who was having his legal troubles last year jesse smollett or oh jesse smollett yeah yeah and how we were you know for weeks we were all over that story all over it (laughs) breaking news over here so this this is our new our new news following (laughs) and i mean i was i was gonna keep it a secret but not anymore because there's more things i have to say about it right now we're gonna talk about army hammer just that out there like i don't know why i was trying to keep a secret but anyway um Ever since you talked about that, like the first time, like a couple of weeks ago, it, everything's kind of exploded and I've heard it everywhere. Taylor, I think you broke the news. Like, I think like you were one of the first people on top of this Army Hammer you story because now I hear it, it everywhere. You yeah, heard right it here. here. First. 
just Taylor yeah. breaking news all over the place right here and on Screening and Kings. Now it's really, it's. I mean, we're gonna get into it today. Yeah, we'll get into it later. Yeah, that we'll what? save that to later. <laughs> we we don't know. It's it's, it's, it's juicy. Yeah, it's getting uh, it's getting to be something. Um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, sliding doors and enemy today. That's what came out of the hat as we continue our movies from a hat movie club, which continues until something new happens that we can talk about. Sorry, Mike, which, are you hearing all of my computer noises? No. Okay, good. No, is your computer making a lot of noises? No, oh, I didn't yeah. hear anything. First, the laptop. I, here's a little. I know our, our fans love the behind the scenes. So I'm going to give them a, a taste of the behind <laughs> the scenes. So, A, I was running late today to record because I'm in training for work that ran later than the facilitator said it was going to run. So already I'm frazzled because I'm running late. I go to open my MacBook Air, which is what I normally record on. It's black. Nothing. <laughs> so I plug it in. So when we had started talking maybe two minutes ago, it sounds like my MacBook finally woke up. So that made a noise. <laughs> so now I'm working on my work laptop, which I don't normally use aside from work. And it it was making noise for like email. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyways, I'm frazzled and our listeners may get to hear some wonderful computer noises or not, seeing as you couldn't hear them. So. Yeah, I, I couldn't hear them. So, I mean, but again, who knows? Maybe sometimes our fans pick up on things um, that, that I don't hear. Maybe in editing, I'll hear it. But no, it didn't seem to make a big noise. It looks to me like you're good. You sound fine, which I mean, you know, again, another behind the scenes things. For months, we've been using uh, microphones. Um, proper, proper USB microphone. Don't have that so. today. Oh, you don't have that today. Nope. Oh. Didn't have enough time to set up my, my, my rig. So you're really old schooling it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you saw this laptop, yes, I'm definitely <laughs> old schooling it. So anyways, my apologies listeners, but I know you love the behind the scenes anyways, and you're probably enjoying my misery. So it's my present to you on this yes. recording day. <laughs> yeah, give everyone a, the gift of your misery. Um, okay, well, let's uh, let's get into it here. We've got a fan question, and as usual, I could have sent this to Taylor earlier and probably should have and didn't, so uh, we'll see how this goes because it's from Josh, who likes to dig deep. So uh, Josh says, oh, hey, in honor of both movies from last week, which both featured English characters and actors, do you have a favorite English actor or actress? Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, so any any favorite uh, actors who may come from from the the island of England? <laughs> you know what's so horrible? It's an island. Yeah, he's he's referring to oh the actors from last week that are English. I cannot. Yes. I don't know if it's because I'm so frazzled. Who was English last week? Well, uh, Taron Edgerton. Oh, yep. Yeah, well, and, everyone uh, in Col- that movie's English. Every, every, everyone in The Kingsman. And um, <laughs> Christian Bale is right. from, or is he Australian? He's I can't like, remember where he's He's like from Wales. He's not oh, like English okay. proper. Wales. And actually, right. technically, Taron Egerton is also Welsh. But didn't he, but didn't Taron Egerton grow up in England? Because I thought that's where he went to like school and theater school and stuff. Like I thought he like, even though he was born, like he, he spent a lot of time in London. And I don't know. I think he speaks Welsh. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But anyways, <laughs> that aside, maybe, what is our maybe favorite? Maybe this should be 
favorite English actor or, or actor with an accent. <laughs> like, whatever. The, the United Kingdom. For the United Kingdom from Great Britain. <laughs> Any me, of the colonies of the, the British Empire. Google British actors. Um, okay. I am a yeah, big I Christian don't... Bale fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's always good. Christian Bale. Anthony Hopkins. Good. Yeah. That's a good I like one. Anthony Hopkins. Um, Tom Hardy. Oh, right. Hugh Laurie. I'm literally on Google looking at pictures of actors from Which the UK. Just, like actors from, from <laughs> yeah. England. Yeah. 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 Hugh Smith. Laurie's a good one. Um, yeah. It's hard to pick like a favorite. Although Chris, Chris, um, yeah, I would say like Christian Bale is one of my favorite actors. So I don't really feel like I need to like fish around for other like good let's face it there are good actors that come out of the, <laughs> the uk a lot um, and a lot of them you don't even know because they're maybe they're playing characters with english accents or, or sorry american accents or something and you don't know until later that they're even from england or, like did or you know that like andrew that. garfield is from that from that i did know that i did know because i've seen i've heard a lot of interviews with him and, he, and when he was cast as spider-man he showed up to one of the it was all over the place. He showed up to like one of the comic cons. Does he have an like, ac- Does he have a British accent when he talks? No, no. Well, you know, actually, he kind of does, but it's very faint now. Like he, I don't know, it doesn't come out all. Oh, the time. was he like he was born in England, but probably grew up like in I the think States. he grew up somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Another because if he does have an accent, you don't hear it often. I guess, like, to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of movies with him, and I've never seen him in an interview setting. So that's color me surprised. Other actors on this list, Charlie Hunnam, big fan. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The Fines, Ralph Fines, and he has a brother, I'm pretty sure, who also... Joseph. Um, yes. Yep, Joseph Fines, he's a good actor. And I realize... um. I've named a lot of male actors. Um, Kate Winslet, an actress. Um, Keira Knightley's on this list. Obviously don't like her. Um, let's see. It's a very male-dominated list. Maybe. Lily James. Isn't Lily James from, uh, from England? Yeah. She's good. Yeah. I know she Emma, has an accent. Emma Thompson. Maybe mm-hmm. Smith. Oh, Emma Thompson. Great. Um. Anyways, now we're literally just listing people now from the UK. Those are all good picks. This is what if happens when any... you don't let me prepare. I know. If there's anything that you've proven, though, is that a lot of really good actors come from there. Because that's saying, like, it's a pretty solid list you just gave. I'd almost be so bold as to say, you know, they dominate the good acting. You know what I mean? Like. They're more solid. I would say there's more good actors from the UK than there are from the States. Yeah, that's, I mean, it would be, it would be interesting to, to sit down and kind of go through all the top actors. Because like the States, I mean, you got Denzel Washington. Yeah. You got Tom Hanks. Like those are pretty like solid, solid actors. So like it would be interesting to get a list down. Like who are, who's the best from different parts of the world and like take a look at that. That See, makes like how many people from the UK have won like best acting Oscars compared yeah. to this American. I guess yeah. I just like it's a different type of acting. You know it what is. I mean? Like in America, you don't have, have to have you didn't have to have gone to acting school. Like I don't think Brad Pitt ever went to acting school. No idea. 
Let's let's check. We're checking this. Oh, okay. Well, you had <laughs> a long good. pause. You had a long pause, so I didn't know. Uh... Well, because I, I answered your question. I didn't know. Yeah, no, I, no idea. You're like, I, have no, I, have no, no, I have let's no clue see. if he's ever been to uh, acting school. Oh, he went to the University of Missouri. He enrolled. He majored in journalism with a focus on advertising. Oh. Um, so. And, yeah. It's just, like, you know who also has a weird education? Um, not It's not weird, but, like, not acting. Um, the comedian we like, um, and the other guys, he went to school for sports journalism, which you will find. Will Ferrell went to school for sports journalism. Sports journalism. Or like, um, like, or like sports management, like nothing to do with acting. Sports related, nothing to do with the arts. Wow. I had no idea. I like, I had no idea. Sports information, which I think, again, would like, you would go into like journalism with that. Yeah, and statistics. This was a crazy tangent. So let's Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Circle back to to, to talking about movies. But yeah, that's a very, that was a very interesting experiment. I would like to sit down and that would be interesting to go back and look at all the kind of best actor wins from the various awards and just see how many are from you know, the UK and how many are from the States and kind of look and compare to that. Cause I think that would be interesting to, to take a look at. Um, okay. Well, that's, that's it for fan questions this week that are not related to, to our uh, movie club. So uh, let's dive into it. We've got two movies to talk about. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. Um, Sliding doors from 1998 and enemy from 2013. Uh, any preference Taylor on where you want to begin? You're the frazzled one. So <laughs> you any... pick. And me pick? Okay. Well, let's let's talk sliding doors first, because uh, that's the one I watched first. So we'll we'll talk about that one first. Uh, sliding Doors, nineteen ninety eight, romantic comedy of a sorts, uh, starring uh, another uh, favorite of Taylor's, Gwyneth Paltrow, and uh, lots of other people, including uh, uh, Jonathan from the Mummy. Yes, some more some more good British actors. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Han- um, John Hanna. Uh, who who I recognized from the two Mummy movies right away. Um, but uh, yeah, it, uh, Sliding Doors, romantic comedy of a sorts. Um, once again, spoiler warnings, just so everybody knows we're going to ruin both of these movies. Um, so spoiler warnings. Both are old you. enough, though. I mean, this is our rule every movie club. But these are like, especially Sliding Doors, which came out in 98. Like, if you're upset we've spoiled sliding doors from 98 come on (laughs) well i just yeah and i know it is our general rule but just for these two films particularly i felt just a quick reminder because most of what i have to talk about for both of them has to do at the end um but just kind of you know the sliding doors is is a pretty simple concept you you got a, a woman who who gets fired from her job She's, she's on her way home and there's two scenarios set up, one where she makes the train on time and one where she doesn't. And she goes home and catches her boyfriend slash guy she's living with cheating on her or she goes home and doesn't catch him. And we get to kind of see the two the two worlds of it. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say first that I of of these two movies, I think I liked this one better than the other one. Um, but that's kind of but, saying something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sliding Doors had some entertainment value to me outside of, of I don't even know what to say about Enemy 
even still. But Sliding Doors, like, I I thought the movie was kind of like, okay, like, it's a romantic comedy, so just don't think about the concept too hard. It's just like, here's a new concept for a romantic comedy, something different to kind of throw in there. And I thought that, like, I thought the way they did the two paralleling paths for the character was kind of cool and interesting, like, to see kind of how her life shifted and changed in two very, very different ways. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, again, this this is obvious. This is not my cup of tea in terms of a movie. I'm not like the type of person who's like, I just can't, I'm just excited to watch Sliding Doors tonight. Like that's not kind of on my my list. It wasn't on your must-see list. Let's put it that no. way. No, and most romantic comedies aren't, but I can appreciate them. And I can appreciate the fact that this one was a little different. Would you like, even call that... this a comedy though? Uh, well, yeah, because, um, what's his character's name? James is, is all comedy. Everything that comes out of his mouth is, is the like boyfriend. a line from, no, the other guy, the, the guy she is going to kind of end up with the, like the good guy, right? James, the uh, guy the, from the mummy. Yeah. The guy from the mummy. Like he was Got basically it. just, you know, Monty Python riffing. riffing the entire movie. So like, I would call it a comedy for that I reason. And, and like, her reactions to him, to even, like, the boyfriend, it never got to, like, I mean, it was a little serious drama, especially near the end. But even, like, when she came home and caught him, she kind of made sort of, Light like, of a it? joke. Yeah, like, it was kind of like a sitcom-y type of joke that would be made as opposed to, like, her bursting into tears and running out of the room, which I think would be, like, a drama. And um, I, I will say that the interactions between the first boyfriend, like the the cheating boyfriend and his buddy in the pub, those were pretty good. Yeah, and that that's all comedy. That's yeah. all like that's all you know set up and look at this ridiculous situation. I think what made it like the boyfriend's such a scummy person that it it kind of put it to me at least there was always this damper of like grossness throughout the whole movie. Because you knew what he was doing and you kind of knew whatever. But I don't know. I just thought for for a romantic comedy, they did something that was different and unique with kind of a, a, a story you heard a million times. Like like how, how many romantic comedies are like you come home and your significant other is cheating on you and now your life changes and you meet the right person. Like that's that happens all the time. And at least this was something that was kind of unique and kind of different and played around with the idea of like this one, just missing a train can change your life by, by so much. Yeah. I thought like that, that framing device was cool, but like, I don't know, like the writing was kind of weird. And it also doesn't (laughs) help that this is like, this felt like it was from the nineties. You know what I mean? Like this movie was very dated. (laughs) Can I, can I throw something in there? To, and seek your reaction on this. This felt like one of the tracks in Love Actually. Like this was that. That's what it felt like to me. Like you could have taken this track out of Love Actually. Where like Love Actually have all these different storylines. One of them could have been something similar to this. Without like maybe the the time aspect. But just the story of it. And yeah. I think it's Love Actually. Like I think it's just basically a mini Love Actually. Especially yeah, like- with the fact that like, you know, the characters are not very redeemable people. <laughs> like the the new boyfriend hiding his dead, his dying mom and ex-wife from his hmm. new love interest. Like yeah. that definitely is a love actually. Like the fact that that woman's sure. trying to, you know, she's hiding her, 
her in Love Actually, how her I forget which actress it is, but her brother is in that. It's her brother. Yeah. yeah he's in like um he has like me- mental illness I think, and mm-hmm. how she's like hiding him from her new mm-hmm. love interest. I'm like, yep, that, yep, and so yeah. very similar. Yeah, every- yeah, everyone has a secret. Everyone's doing something bad, and we're supposed to lo- like everybody in the movie. Like that's that's kind of what Love Actually is to me. Maybe it's one of the reasons why I don't like it. Because even okay, even Gwyneth Paltrow's character, I mean, I think they develop her a little bit, and she kind of like finds her footing, especially in the one where she. I think it's the one where she finds out that she's she's being cheated on. That's when she starts her own business, right? Because she becomes a waitress in the other version, right? If yeah, she has because she has to keep supporting her deadbeat right. boyfriend. Yes, the deadbeat boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> so, so things get much better in the other one. <laughs> while he's cheating on her. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it uh, it ends up being it ends up being like her her character. I think it's a little more developed along that track, so you can kind of like get development there. But even then, it was like I just. I'm kind of getting sick of these movies that come in and I can't tell you too much about about the characters. And that's kind of what I always find most interesting about film is the development of characters and kind of going along. And I feel like this movie kind of like Love Actually is just like, no, 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 it's a movie. This is your protagonist. You have to love them, even though they're all kind of weird people. I hated her from the beginning, obviously. Don't you hate I don't like I don't like yeah. Gwen Feltrow. <laughs> yeah. But when she like, when she gets fired, I mean, obviously, like, again, the script was underdeveloped and the characters were underdeveloped. So there seems to be, like, other things at fault. But, mm-hmm. um, like, it seems like, oh, there's underlying sexism. But essentially, she gets fired for, well, A, she shows up to work late. And it's like, yes, I know I'm late. LOL. And then they're like, also, you stole all this vodka. And she's like, yes, yeah. I know I stole the vodka. I'm like, girl, you <laughs> deserve to be fired. Yeah, like you stole the vodka for your own party. Like, who cares if you were going to replace it? Like, what is this, Monday morning? Like, is this Monday? Yeah, it's that, supposed to be yeah. so, Monday morning at the PR. So she took it home Friday or yeah. something, right? I think it was Friday. So she waited the whole weekend to replace it. And that's what they're saying, you know, oh, that would have been fine, but we had a client come in, so we didn't have anything to give the client. And I'm like, yeah. yes, that is a fireable offense. Yeah, well well, <laughs> yeah, well done. It absolutely is. We no sympathy whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, she, oh, you've been looking for an opportunity to fire me. I'm like, well, ma'am, they didn't have to look for an opportunity. You sound like a crummy employee. Yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like she kind of presented it. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean is like like every character seems to have these flaws and maybe that's like kind of the point, but we're all human. Yeah. But unless you're pointing it out, then it's kind of weird that that happens. Like unless you're using that as a device, then I don't, again, I don't really get it. Not that you, characters all need to not have flaws and that's everything. It's just for, for this particular movie when it's a romantic comedy and you're supposed to feel bad and sympathy for her. And I mean, you do because of the bad things that happen, but I don't know. She, her getting fired was her fault. Like yeah. that had nothing to do with anybody else. Um, and then everything that happens from that point, okay. Like uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things happening in the movie, but I just, I felt like from the beginning, why would you do that at the beginning of the movie? Like it just, I guess it was just, we need to get a reason for her to have to go home early when she's not expected. But right at the beginning of the movie, you give me this sour taste of this character. <laughs> like like the first thing we see her do is like something that's not good. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I mean by like weird writing. Like that's mm. like a, like some of the dialogue was really weird, but um, 
I guess just like that, that's, that's how you, it definitely felt like, and I could be wrong. I didn't look at the credits, but like, it definitely felt like, um, it was written by a man (laughs) who like doesn't really understand women and is like, I don't know, like that's the, the way the women talked felt so unnatural to me. Well, it was written by a man. I can't speak to how much he knows women, but it was written by, written and directed by a man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Like the scenes with like the mistress, like all of the mistress dialogue. I was like, Oh, it was just, it was just like, it was cringe to me. One Um, thing I will say, I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, over there in, in, in England, they have some of the best, like, swear words and insult phrases for people that are just way more satisfying to be heard out of like an accent that then like without one like there's certain things that like i mean we obviously can't say or repeat them on well on can't this we show, say them they're... when it's british so it would be like swearing uh, in a different language <laughs> yeah it, most most of it i i think we can't so we'll we'll, we'll just be Fair safe enough. We won't. Fair enough. Um, but there's something just satisfying about some of the language that they use to describe Agreed. people where it's like, ah, oh, that's like, that's so good. And, and it is, it is different, right? It's like censorship so different in terms of what you can say, even back then in movies versus here, there's certain things that you would bring over um, to England that maybe are said, even in common, just you know, common conversations here that they, that they would be like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, we don't say that. And it's the same over here, right? Like it's just, it is just different. It is kind of like a different language in that sense. But this movie had a lot of those very like satisfying. I feel just... like swearing is just more like normal in England. It's just more trying. part of the, the Yeah. Dialogue. Like I, you, cause every British movie I watch, there is swearing and like, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like weird. So no, I don't know, but yeah, of, you're right. Uh, there are like, it's very creative. Like when she's like saying all that mean stuff about her boyfriend mm-hmm. or like, you know, instead yeah. of calling him an idiot, she has like all of these like great... six or seven things. Yeah. And it's <laughs> much more creative. Like it's very, and it, to me, it gut punches you more. Like there's some things where They're it's like punchy. being, yeah, like punchy words more so than, than we have here. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you about the dialogue in general. Like I thought the dialogue was kind of weak in the movie i just think that like i went into this movie as it began and watching it with like a much more like laid back kind of like whatever kind right. of feeling of it because it's a romantic comedy it's gonna it's not gonna make a hundred percent sense you're supposed to kind of focus on other things anyway and i was more trying to be like okay what how is this framing work working and the one thing i will say is the ending to me is was a little bit of a cop out like a little bit of a okay so one of those tracks just didn't happen is basically what the ending said i mean i guess that was the point though right like to show that there is only one timeline i i guess so but then why show us this potential feature just to set up that she meets james in the elevator anyway like was that just the idea like yeah that they were destined to be together no matter the timeline no matter what yeah I just, when, when that, I thought it was really cool when the accident happened at the same time, like there, there's an accident at the same time, get her in the hospital. And like, that's how we're going to amalgamate this, I guess. But like, I just thought it was kind of like, okay, so one just didn't happen at all. I mean, I, I don't know where you go with this, but I, maybe I was expecting something way more creative. I guess that's the problem, right? Like, how do you end a movie with two timelines? 
to that great question. <laughs> Neither so I, of these movies knew how to do anything like that. Yeah. So I think <laughs> how I interpret it is that this second timeline, like the timeline of her of her catching the the train, that actually okay. never happened. So like the timeline where she dies, that isn't the real timeline. Like there was like a beat, like there was the A timeline, the real timeline, the timeline where she did not catch the train, and then the B timeline, the fake timeline where she dies. Right, and the the fake timeline, she never catches him in the first place and goes yeah. along this path. Okay, yeah. But like so, the the nice thing is that, or like you know the rom com ending is that it doesn't matter because like no matter how it would have ended, they would have ended up together anyways. So, like, the second timeline doesn't matter, you know? Like, we can make all of these different... It's almost making the point of saying life is all of these random um, actions or these random choices or events, but no matter what we end up picking, we're still going to end up in the same place anyways. I think that's what the movie... But maybe that's being too philosophical. (laughs) But also, I mean, along that point, it also gives James a chance to redeem himself because the only thing James does wrong is he keeps keeps kind of that secret of he's getting a divorce and his mother's dying in the hospital. Well, they meet in the hospital. So I think it's possible that on a first date or as they get to know each other, she might ask, what were, what were you doing, by the way, at the hospital? And he would tell her, like it kind of leads into it. So you also, I'm, now that you say that, you can also think of like, not only are they destined to be together, that one mistake he made, he probably wouldn't make because yeah, of the circumstance. Because he, he also was. he also would have had the character growth, right? Like he, they're also... Mm-hmm. But I, maybe I missed it. Why does he keep it a secret from her anyways? Because his divorce is not finalized. They're separated. And it, I think he said something like they haven't been together for six months and the divorce is going. And the only reason why he was keeping it from her is he didn't know how she'd react because his mother's dying and he didn't want his mom to be burdened with his divorce. So his ex-wife agreed to go visit her with him and pretend that they're still together. I still feel like that's something you can bring up sooner. I feel like you could too. And I think, I think it's fear, right? Like that, maybe that's his character flaws. He was just afraid. He was afraid of how she'd react. I feel like you can bring that up, but Hey, who knows? Like maybe it was just, you know, he just, he was afraid. You know, And again, they needed, out. you know, they needed the thing that's going to get her out in the middle of the street in order to get hit by the bus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which they again, needed to me, their contract. Yeah. To me, like that's like, it was shoddy writing. Like, just like, Oh, you like, I don't know. It just seems, I get that it rom-coms happen in a different universe where things are a little bit more fantastic and like things don't always add up, but I'm like, Hmm. A, there had to have been a better secret than that. And B, there had to have been a better reason for why she had to leave her job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. Um, yeah. So what would you, what would you give this film? Honestly, when I was watching it, it was a stream it for me, but now thinking back, I'm I almost feel like more harsh. Like I almost want to feel like it's a skip it. But compared to these two movies we watched this week, if you have to pick between the two, watch this one. Yeah, oh. I mean, I would give Sliding Doors an airplane it because I think this is exactly an airplane. That's movie. a good one. Yeah, like this is an airplane movie, not quite a stream it, but if you're on an airplane, it's a it's gonna kill the hour and a half. You know, it it does have some fun moments and you'll have, you know, distracted yourself from the airplane ride. Fair enough. My one last, my one last question. Mm -hmm. Why was Gwen Paltrow cast in this movie? She's not British. 
Why would they get in an all-British cast? Why Gwyneth Paltrow? I have no maybe, idea. Maybe they, I mean, maybe they wanted it to have American audiences and they thought in order for it to do well in American theaters, they needed like a recognizable American face, maybe. I don't know. And it was the same, I mean, it was the same year as Shakespeare in Love. Um, I don't know what else she had done prior to that. So maybe I guess she was a big name. I don't know. I mean, I don't have the same problems with Gwyneth Paltrow as, as you do. So I don't know. <laughs> like I, I had no problem with her being in it, but I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't have cast someone who was British seeing as the cast is all British. I have mm-hmm. such a biased reason for not liking her. So her oh, dad God. is like a famous chef or something. And so she had, you know, a very, I hate to use this term, but like a very privileged background. And I was watching a cooking show once and she was on it, you know, and she was on it by virtue of the fact that she grew up surrounded by food and travel. And I'm like, who's, no, she's not an expert. She didn't go to culinary (laughs) school. Like, why is she on this? You know, and then she's starting to speak Italian. So it's not even her acting that I don't like. It's just that like one interview where she was like, you know, this like, oh, I'm such a cosmopolitan woman. Like, I'm a global citizen, whatever. And then, um, and now with all that goop stuff, you know, like, how she's oh, yeah. like recommending like you know her like christmas list like a six thousand dollar pair of slippers like oh my gosh wake up like your lived experience is not the lived experience of, of the like past- most yeah people <laughs> yeah. but she like acts like it's normal <laughs> like yeah oh so that's like what really like rubs me the wrong way like Gwyneth Paltrow, no your life is not normal and if you just like owned up to the fact that like you have lived a really weird life and continue to live a weird life, I wouldn't be annoyed. But it's the whole, anyways. Clearly, I'm, <laughs> I'm eating. Hey, I, no, just you. You needed to vent there, yeah, <laughs> on her, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, but what did so? What did you? Um, what did you give this film in, in your final rating? Like, are you sticking with stream it, or are you going to bump it down? I think I'll do a stream it because it's like. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a horrible thing. If you want to just to throw mm-hmm. something on, it's on Amazon Prime. If you're just looking for something casual to watch. Um, and I think people who do like movies like Love Actually would probably yeah. enjoy this movie. Yeah. And and I think I like the point you said, and this is kind of a good seg- segue into Enemy. Because if you're going to compare it, the two films, um, I mean, I think they couldn't be more different in terms of the enjoyment factor and the watching experience. Um, Even though there are some similar connections we can make between them. I think that like enemy does a lot of things that I, I hate when movies do. Um, Whereas at least sliding doors, you can kind of watch it and have it on and be like, okay, that was like, fine. That was enjoyable. I'm out of here. Enemy was like a straining movie to watch for me. Like not only because of like trying to like, figure out what the heck was going on. I was trying to see everything was also really tough. There were a lot of really, 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 really dark scenes. And this yeah. weird, what was like a yellow mist That's, that was everywhere. Dan, Dan said that he was like, why? <laughs> He's like, this whole movie is like yellow. Yellow. Yeah. It was just a <laughs> yellow, yellow movie. Which doesn't really make sense. I mean, the movie is shot and takes place in Toronto. Um, yeah. 
and it almost felt and I guess it like takes place in like the summertime so like you know you're thinking of like a smoggy city like like the heat of the pavement like okay that makes sense for the scenes that are happening like outside but even like the when they were inside interior shots had that like yellow wash I'm like yes that didn't that didn't make sense yeah I don't think Toronto's that smoggy. I mean, unconfirmed, but I don't like it's vi- it's just yellow. It was very, that very strange. <laughs> no, and I mean this director. This is from the director of like Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Also, two very misty movies. So maybe this is just his style. He just likes the mist. Yeah, very like, and I I believe he's French Canadian. Actually, I think he's from Quebec. Yes, this is considered a Canadian film. It's a Canadian oh, production. I mean, the filmmakers. Yeah, filmmakers, Canadian, Canadian shot in Canada. Um, yeah, makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, it, this this movie, I tell you, I, I just... Like the soundtrack right off the bat, like just weird ambient sounds. And I know like they're trying to create an atmosphere... But for the life of me, I can't tell you what that atmosphere is other than green, like yellow and misty. You know what it was, Mike? It was, it was annoying. Annoying. Yeah, it was annoying. (laughs) That's absolutely a great way to describe this movie. This movie was annoying and watching it was annoying. I really didn't understand why Jake Gyllenhaal's character, well, both characters, spoiler, (laughs) he plays, Jake Gyllenhaal plays two people who may be one person i mean i don't know unclear unclear (laughs) question mark um so like how both characters were reacting i really didn't understand why they were reacting the way they were reacting i couldn't agree with you more i couldn't agree with you more it didn't make sense so like the first character finds out that you know there's this there's a an actor who looks exactly like him, like his physical mm-hmm. double, and becomes becomes obsessed with him. And in in a, in that sense, yes, I get it. Like you're gonna, yeah, you know, you're that. curious, yeah. you're gonna research this man. Um, but he also is like he's he's like letting it like destroy his life, like the obsession. So and then, but also he seems afraid. And <laughs> like oh, that first meeting between them was super weird why was he they seems acting that way yeah both of them both of their reaction to each other made no sense like, doesn't oh, make this any was logic. a mistake that i came yeah. what like they're not there's no nothing threat. happened yeah they're like nothing happened and it's very weird and and everything from that point on started to make absolutely no sense to me all the way up to the the actor Hall guy being like we're switching girlfriends right like, oh my gosh my why? Why? And then, <laughs> and then first Jill and Hall being like, okay, letting yeah, him. Yeah. First Jill and Hall being like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and it just didn't make any <laughs> sense. No sense. And the fact I was so annoyed when he's like, let's meet at a, a sketch motel an hour outside the city. Why wouldn't you meet him in a McDonald's or a Tim Hortons? Like none of, not, like their first meeting, none of the decisions any of the characters made in this movie made any any sense to me. Like, and that's that's to me the fault of this of this thing is as a narrative, this didn't exist. There was no narrative to this story. As a movie presenting sort of an ambience and feel and and a kind of atmosphere, it was just hazy. 
just like it didn't it didn't give me anything other than it, it yellow and hazy and nothing really happened nothing really went anywhere and by the end of the movie i was only left with a feeling of there was literally no reason to spend 91 minutes watching this like there yeah. was just th- nothing and and that's i always we, we talk about this type of stuff on the show all the time of like intentions of filmmakers and telling stories versus just wanting to create an atmosphere or making a point I don't think he wanted to make a point or tell a story or create an atmosphere or accomplish anything. So why did this get made? Well, I read, again, just the Wikipedia, Jake Gyllenhaal interpreted the plot that it is one man having an affair on his pregnant wife and the him growing up was like, that's how Jake Gyllenhaal described the movie. You know, bless Jake Gyllenhaal for trying. Um, I'm glad I mean, like, on the surface, yes. I mean, like... I guess. Like, yes. suppose... So, what What about the spider? I don't like, know. Like, what, what exactly happened there? Like, because, why? Why? Because... And then there's, like, another on Wikipedia again, another like an alternative reading of the film is um, it's symbolism for totalitarianism and being in caught in the web of a totalitarian system. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. No, No, it's not. No, that is someone just trying to interpret interpret it and put their own wants and desires for the film on top of it. I experience this all the time. I experience this with superhero movies all the time. I want it to feel and be like something. So even if it doesn't meet my expectations, I throw things on top of it. I'm like, no, 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 this makes sense because of this and this and this, and you're adding your own stuff into it. This has that you cannot interpret. I like, I don't see how you could interpret this film with in that way, given the evidence of the film. Like when you interpret something, I get it. Like Taylor can watch something. Mike can watch something. And to, you know, to bring him into this, cause we're going to hear from him in a second. Tyler can watch something and we can all have different, interpretations but we're looking at the same evidence so if that evidence is interpreted in a different way fine but what evidence in this film exists of any sort of interpretation other than this guy there was maybe a doppelganger situation maybe he's one person okay fine it's a little ambiguous and and you never you only really see them together alone so it's not like anyone else sees them and then what at the end a spider happens in in like he walks in the room and his wife's a spider like it doesn't it's nothing it doesn't make any sense yeah i didn't skip it skip it (laughs) (laughs) i agree it was a skip it for me i just and it's too bad because i actually really like jake gyllenhaal and i think he's an interesting actor and chooses interesting projects and i think he he acted fine in this movie like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm confident that he did what the director wanted him to do. He's it a great just actor. Did not make <laughs> sense. Like no how sense. He, how he was emoting. It wasn't like he was emoting poorly. It just didn't make sense in the context of the story. So in my opinion, that was poor direction and writing. I don't think that was on the fault of Jake Gyllenhaal. I think no. he was 100 invested in the story he thought he was telling. But it just was not the story that I was watching. Yeah, and yeah, and I and I think that that's that's a hundred percent fair. Um, so let's talk about comparing these movies. I mean, on the surface, the fact that you know both films are using sort of doppelganger type things that was kind of yeah. interesting. How how we we pulled out two movies 
where we're going to get two Jake Gyllenhaals and two Gwyneth Paltrow's. It's used in very different ways, mind mm-hmm. you. But that's a that's a comparison right off the bat that was obvious between these two films. And it's interesting that we pulled two movies that had that element in it. Yeah, again, what were the chances? Um, yeah. I think obvious. that's the, the most obvious connection. Again, you mm-hmm. could, um, whether or not there's two realities, like, because that's kind of the question yeah. in... Yeah. In the first, in Sliding Doors, it's definitely a question of two realities, you know, two divergent storylines and how people can live two different lives. But in the second movie, it's a question. Is it two different realities? Is it two guys that literally just look exactly the same? Is it one guy? That's still a question mark. But again, that's mm-hmm. kind of that question of reality, living two yeah. separate storylines. Two separate storylines, yeah. yeah. Well, and you brought up that, you know, in the ending of Sliding Doors, you know, it, it's, you know, the, the other reality didn't exist. So if we interpret enemy in that way as he is one person who's who's having an affair, who's um, kind of going through life and is you know, growing up or whatever, um, then then we have two movies that have a distortion of reality, but only one reality actually exists, which you, which is also a way to compare the two. I kind of buy the it being one person in the second movie in enemy. But the only thing that doesn't make sense would be the ending then because yes. wow. a car accident, <laughs> a car accident did happen because you hear it on yeah. the news. So you know that someone has died. So that means like the girlfriend has died, but then Jake Gyllenhaal still with the wife. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, it doesn't. It yeah. Doesn't, that, it, it could, there it's could, not clear. It's not clear it's as seen, to what would happen there. If he had died in the car accident, he would have not existed then with the yeah. wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, and the, yeah. does that mean that that's why the wife transformed into the spider? Because he's dead and his reality is shattering? I don't know. If oh, so, they didn't go into- I didn't even think about that. Like, that's well, purgatory. <laughs> again, that's me. That's me adding things in that the movie didn't give me. The movie doesn't give me any reason why to think that. I'm just thinking, why else would someone you know turn into a spider? Yeah, purgatory or something. But the other hint in there that that it is, um, you know, it is only one person is the fact that you know that at the beginning his his wife is kind of following following him around, meets the doppelganger. And then calls calls the husband and the doppelganger turns around the corner and then the phone gets answered. So like there are like hints that maybe because no one ever sees them together, right? If they yeah. they are interacting with each other, but there's never really that clear moment. So there's like I little, guess that there's like little seeds, like right, like the the wife says, "Oh, I thought you were with your mother," and no. like the one was literally with his mother in the. You know what I mean? Like there is a lot of evidence to show that it is one person. But again, like the ending then just kind of blows yeah, that up. Like the ending yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see how you can make the ending work no matter what. But whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's that that's a very good thing. And and again, like other themes exist that are comparable in here. Like the adultery and cheating is is a pretty big aspect in both yeah. movies. Then if again, if he is very much. Um, one person, not two, but also even the, at the beginning as a plot point, the wife is, is, um, you know, kind of accusing him of it anyway. Yeah. Like she seems to be scared that he's doing this anyway. So that, that's a big part of both movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's hear from, from Tyler. 
who who forced enemy on us. Hopefully so he let's... can give us some clarification. Uh, he has a couple points in here. A few of them we've brought up, but we'll see what else there, there kind of is. So Tyler says, uh, dear Taylor and Mike, first things first, going to take a guess that I probably owe you both an apology for enemy. It yeah. is a very stereotypical Tyler film, i.e. incoherent plot, slow pacing, uh, quote, distinct aesthetic, and a preference for the experimental over the thematic narrative which means you probably both didn't have a great time watching it. If I'm wrong, then great. If I'm correct, then sorry. We accept your apology and you do owe it to us. <laughs> so we did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> at least he knows us, Mike. Like at least he's, he's self-aware. <laughs> even when he was one of the people who submitted, um, when he submitted movies had little notes and the note even said, this is a Tyler movie. So he clearly knew what he was doing with this. Um, but he, so he he made four connections uh, between Enemy and Sliding Doors. As I said, I think we've brought a couple of these up already. So first, he says both movies set up doppelganger alternative narrative. So we've talked about that. Um, he says we've got uh, in Enemy, there's a mystery that's set up that follows the two Gyllenhaals that occupy the same universe, comparing their unhappy lives against that of the other half. And in Sliding Doors, the duality allows the audience to consider the implications of chance and question the existence of faith while keeping the characters in the dark concerning uh, the strange magical cinemas that seem to uh, machinate uh, this world uh, from the shadows. So I think we've kind of talked about that, like the two doppelgangers set on this course and kind of two two universes or one universe are questioning is kind of part of both of those movies. So mm-hmm. he... He gets that. We said it too. He says, both movies are set outside of America and lean into it. Whether it is the very British accents and sliding doors or the very Toronto slash Mississauga skyline in enemy, neither movie is ashamed um, to, of its locale. A side note, and this answers a question that we had here, uh, the oppressive binge of smog of Toronto and enemy really showcases how the director is from Montreal. I have never seen the city look as uninviting <laughs> as it does in this movie. <laughs> yeah, accurate, yeah. Uh, number three, both movies make me feel gross to be a man. The male characters in both <laughs> movies are just awful people, except for James. James, his worst fault is that he's that guy we all knew in high school that refuses to stop making Monty Python references. But all the other ones are just terrible. They all suffer from that mixture of hubris and malice that describes male angst. Uh, uh, they feel trapped in their lives that they've created for themselves. And uh, they, <laughs> regardless of how it impacts the other women in life, they are clearly unhappy with it. Um, number four, both movies have a reoccurring image or symbol that closes out the movie. This could be the subtle use of sliding doors in the movie title Sliding Doors, which uh, serve as a constant motif throughout for whenever the character, uh, forever the, it, oh yeah, there's the sound that comes in. Or it can be the even more subtle use of the spider webs and enemy. Psst, that's a joke. <laughs> it's hard to get more blatant with the presence of symbolism than literally to take up the entire room in the second last shot of the movie. Uh, what the symbol means, however, is open to interpretation. Now, I didn't like the sliding doors thing. I thought that was more just a reference to kind of the beginning of the movie. I don't know what point he's trying to make with how it's kind of consistent throughout the movie. Um, like I also didn't notice. Oh, I guess. Yeah. No, that's Isn't right. It there's the elevators. elevators. It's like the elevators and like the 
the tube, the subway. No, you're right. The two, yeah, you're right. The the elevators. I forgot about that. Um, did you notice spider webs? Yeah. Enemy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice them. Like when the car crashes, the the window is like a spider web. Oh. Okay. And I'm sure there's. I'm a- sure there's other. There was others too. Like I know there was like spiders and stuff in the. Oh, and and Tyler signs his email sincerely. Tyler, nobody expects a giant spider dance. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can get more uh, less subtle, I should say, than that giant spider appearing at the end. But Tyler brings up a couple of good points. Like we talked about a few of those. I mean, I think there are some good connections between these two. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's sliding doors, and that's enemy. Um, very interesting <laughs> movie club movies. Um, let's let's get to, let's get to that Army Hammer update where we have a, a few minutes. Yeah, Dude, are we gonna? We don't have a. Should I pause for a theme song, or should I just go right no, into it? No, <laughs> go right into it. I'll, I'll have to create something that if we keep doing this, but just go right into it and give us the Army Hammer update. So, um, the last last week, the news was that he has been dropped from that. Um, making a godfather series called the offer Mm. um and this week he's been dropped by both his personal publicist and his um agent so (laughs) whatever army hammer has done it is so bad that his agent doesn't even want to touch it essentially agents almost never drop clients well even like and like publicists like The publicist's job is to literally, no matter what you've done, it's their job to spin it. To defend it it or to spin it. Yeah. Well, I I mean, can, can anyone spin cannibalism? Like, I don't know what, like I'm, I'm in marketing and PR a bit too. I don't know how I would spin that. I don't know. And so, um, a lot of what I've been reading is correct in that the initial story broke about these really salacious messages that highlighted cannibalism. But they're really, that's overshadowing the fact that women have come forward, um, essentially accusing him of emotional abuse, definitely um, coercion, um, manipulation, and in some regards, um, assault, non-consensual, like violent acts. Um, So really, this story is multifaceted and multilayered. Most people are really... Um, really latching onto that cannibal stuff because oh my gosh, what? Well, like, yeah. How could you not? <laughs> what do you um, mean? Like, of course, <laughs> of course, but, they're latching onto the cannibalism. You know, for me, that's kind of like oh, that's just like a funny, like weird, like that's weird, right? Like, there's no way he can be a cannibal. But the reality is, he's being accused of some pretty some serious things, yeah. stuff, yeah. and it makes you wonder, like, if his publicist is dropping him, what has he actually done? Yeah, well, it makes you wonder what what does the publicist and agent know, and the fact that they want to get out of there must mean something. So I, I have a feeling, like I know we we joke about making it a segment. I have a feeling we're going to get news on this. I think week. we, will. I think we will. And um, one one theory, because obviously everything right now is theories. One theory I read was that um, uh, the publicist either knows what he's done, and it's so horrible, horrible they don't want to touch it, um, or the publicist knows what it is and they're offering solutions and army hammer is saying no. Right. Like yeah, they're saying them. like, yeah, you need to do X, Y, Z. It's going to re- rehabilitate your, um, your image. You're going to get ahead of this. And he's just denying it. Obviously these are all theories. The story is only going to unfold from here, but um, 
this, you know, all of our listeners wanted not a great plan and this is what they get. They get the Army Hammer Cannibal update. Cannibal Man. Yeah, and, and we will be making some sort of segment for that as we get Cannibal Man updates. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's, uh, shall we pick a pick a movie from the hat? Let's pick two movies from the hat. Oh, right. Yes, of course. What am I saying? <laughs> let's, let's pick two movies from this hat here. And we'll, we'll go into week five of our movie club. And here we go. Film number one. Oh, God. Uh Oh, boy. Holmes and Watson, 2018. (laughs) Holmes and Watson. You know what? It didn't get get very good reviews, but I think I'm going to like it. It was described as the worst comedy of all time. (laughs) Um, Okay. I haven't seen it, but I will be now. Holmes and Watson, 2018. We're all going to be watching it, Mike. We're all in it I'll be watching that and... uh, the second film to team up with that gem is here we go the cane mutiny how do you spell cane uh c a i n e i believe if i copied it down properly i may need to uh double check in my reference list to make sure i got this the cane um, mutiny, mutiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. it's is it from 1954? Uh, Humphrey Bogart. Okay, yeah. So it is. It is 19. It's a war drama. Not surprise. So we're gonna have to compare a 1954 American military drama to, to Holmes, Holmes and, and Watson. <laughs> well, next week gets really interesting. Humphrey Bogart and Will Ferrell in the same sentence. Uh, that's next week. So we got the Kane Mutiny and Holmes and Watson. That's week five. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. That's going to be wow, Taylor. I don't even know. I'm excited. I don't even know. This is exciting. Um, okay. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for once again listening. If you want to take part in our movie club, if you want to contribute, just go to screeningkingston.com. You can find our email there. You can fill out a form online. Contribute if you'd like each week. We're watching Holmes and Watson and the Kane Mutiny next week and trying to compare them. Thank you again. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.